Coming up, an accident with an experimental quantum probability field causes everyone aboard the Enterprise to break uncontrollably into song. This news really changes everything. A distant dream becoming real. As a result, everyone is expressing feelings they wouldn't have otherwise. When people sing, they are confessing highly personal emotional information. Are emotions constitute a security threat? I am. So how much of a security threat does this involuntary musical compulsion pose? Chris, you always run away. Oh, sure, I see. What am I saying to you in front of my crew? And can they stop singing before the crew reveals too much to each other and their enemies as well? All this and more coming up on a Strange New World's musical edition of Energize. 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 We're boldly going into the uncharted regions of the Star Trek universe before Captain Kirk. You're listening to Energize, a Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast, your source for in-depth analysis, colorful debate, and exciting discussions about the new adventures of Captain Pike and the Enterprise crew. I'm your host, Anthony McLemore. And I'm Steve Truitt. This week, Strange New Worlds goes where no Star Trek show has gone before. A sci-fi singing high musical. Yeah, they just did that. Yeah, so here's a warp speed recap of season two, episode nine of Strange New Worlds, Subspace Rhapsody. We have encountered an unusual phenomenon, a naturally occurring subspace fold. The intermixed chamber and containment field are stable. Where's that music coming from? Not from anywhere on the ship. All systems stable. All systems stable. All systems stable. But why are we singing? So, that happened. Reports of musical outbreaks have come in from every deck. Why are we singing? Imagine an area of space where quantum uncertainties collapsed so rapidly and randomly that new realities are created. In one such reality, people sing uncontrollably. A musical reality. When people sing, they are confessing highly personal emotional information. Lieutenant, are you telling me our emotions constitute a security threat? I am. All right, Steve, so as we said, Star Trek, uh, well, Strange New Worlds, the Star Trek franchise has done what uh, no other show has done before, and that is... They did a musical. They sang uh, in the 57 years of uh, Star Trek. As far as I know, the only person who ever sang before this was Worf when he sang opera. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, we knew this was coming. And I just, hands down, was not for it. Because, you know, I worried about how, if this would cheapen, you know, the Star Trek legacy. You know, make it a joke or, you know, or make this show a joke. It's, It's 
doing very, very well, is in the top 10, and I'm like, uh, okay, so you're going to throw a wrecking ball in this and go musical? Yeah. You know, I um, I grew up outside of New York. I spent my life in the city going to shows on Broadway. You know, half-price ticket window on Wednesday, you could see a show for 12 bucks. Uh, I, I was a scrawny kid. I didn't get into sports. I did theater as a way to meet girls in high school. Um, I, <laughs> am a, I am a fan of musicals. I always have been, but I'm very discerning. And so I was looking forward to this episode because I thought, you know what? They're, they're trying something that's never been done. Buffy did this in the 80s, I think. Buffy the Vampire Slayer tried this. And a couple other shows have done it. And I just was curious to see how, not is it bad that they're doing a musical, but are they going to do it well? That's what I was worried about. Yes. And like you, I, um, you know, I have my, my foray into the musicals. And my, a, I mean, we all grew up watching Sounds and Music, The Wizard of Oz, The Wiz. But, uh, you know, I was in orchestra. And so I also did musicals in the orchestra pit playing yeah. for musicals. You what know? did you so, play? What? I played the viola. I still play the viola. I'm you know a what? violist. I might have known this, but I want to see you doing this. We're gonna to have to, we're gonna have to do a special episode of you just maybe doing a theme song for our, uh, for Energize uh, on the viola. <laughs> That'll be very short. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, I you know, like you said, you know, could they pull this off? And was it? You know, I wanted to see. Well, let me put it like this: there are inherent challenges with yeah. blending the two. I mean, how do you keep this, you know, the story going and the seriousness and, and the execution? So here we go. This is this is what they tried to do. Communication officers log. We have encountered an unusual phenomenon, a naturally occurring subspace fold. It could be used to triple the speed of subspace communications in this sector. So we start off with a Hoor's log, and uh, the Enterprise has come across a naturally occurring space fold that could be used to triple the speed of subspace communication. So, of course, you know, Science Officer Spock and Communications Officer Uhura are, are going to run experiments and, 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 and try to figure out a way to use it. So they tried some things and, and, and ended up being music to trigger it, and it yeah. a shockwave that reverberated throughout the ship. Yeah, it, it was really the only way they could get us into this musical episode because um, uh, the engineer says, well, listen, you've tried everything if you tried harmonics, but I want to go back a step. We open up with her acting as like an old switchboard operator because comms were done. Am I doing this right? Am I in the right order? Um, We opened up here. the show with that like because Spock was using the what, whole well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spock was using it. It was, it was, uh, yeah, comms were down only because it weren't, they weren't down. Spock was just using it for computer yeah. power. So, so Spock okay. is using, using a lot of the energy of the computer, a lot of the systems of the, of the enterprise to try to analyze this subspace rift or whatever this thing is. And so it forces Uhura to be kind of like an old school, uh, telecommunications operator where she's patching people in and everyone's, and he, I, it's a wonderful foreshadowing moment in the show, uh, for reasons we explain later, where she's the one who's, you know, the, the main hub of connection, and she's forced to be within the ship, and this is frenetic activity that she's going through, and that really plays into the end result of this episode, so I thought it was a great way to, to lead it off. Yeah, they, they did it. They did it very, very well, and, you know, as an overview, uh, there are things that we address in this episode, and we deal with... Uh, 
uh, Captain Pike and, and Captain Patel's relationship, Spock yeah. and Chapels, and Lon's feelings for Lieutenant Kirk. And all these things come into play, and this theme of musical ties it all together. It really does, because if you think about you know modern musicals, even old musicals, people don't sing, and they even mention this on the show, people don't even sing until there's some kind of emotion that's dredged up and they're forced into song. That's the nature of a musical, and so it makes sense that they plug that in here. You want to go to Creville for our first vacation together? What's wrong? Uh, maybe the timing is bad. Is there something you're not telling me, Chris? We see Captain Patel and Chris. Um, they She wants to take them on a, on a destination vacation, but Pike is not feeling it. And we go back into this this whole um, Chris pulling back, not being open. And that's yeah. going to play out. Yeah, and, and it's strange to me because he keeps... He keeps learning the same lesson or making this maybe I should say making the same mistake of hey man stop pulling back stop we've seen this all season there's a couple episodes where he's pulled back and then regretted it like the one where they lost their memory um but he seems to still be stuck there what if it's another rejection forget those Vulcans and their science academy but this fellowship is different thousands of people apply for this fellowship every year and only five are accepted could change my life. And then we're also dealing with Nurse Chapel. She's been accepted into a fellowship that will take her away for three months, but she hasn't even plugged in Spock on this. No, and it, this is curious to me because she was the one last season who was really pining for him. And then in the beginning of this season, we saw her pining for him. And so you would think maybe the fellowship wasn't as important or maybe she'd have remorse upon getting accepted because of what's happening with Spock, but I don't see that. Lieutenant Kirk's captain sent a report in advance of his arrival. Show him the ropes. You have an energy. What? I'm just waiting for our visitor to arrive so I can run a security clearance on him. And then we're also dealing with Lon. Um, she's flustered ahead of Kirk's arrival. I mean, sorry, let me start over. And we're dealing with Lon. She's grappling with her feelings from the alt-universe, Captain Kirk and the relationship she would have had yeah. with him, but she's now in the prime reality, and and so this leaves her in a very uh, emotionally screwed-up space, for lack yeah. of a better word. Right, so um, it's interesting that Kirk keeps showing up. Um, I, I don't... I, I, I've really warmed up very quickly to this version of Kirk. Um, I think uh, he does a great job. Um, I like him, uh, but he's he's around a little too much. He's kind of like the neighbor that keeps coming over. <laughs> um, yeah, I I one hundred percent agree with that. I'm kind of like, okay, guys, let Kirk be OTS. This is Pike's ship. Yeah, and I, I think I think we're seeing him too much, and so now we got him coming aboard because he needs to shadow Pike. And I'm just kind of like, okay, I think we're you're getting close to jumping shark here. Well, a, a lot of people thought this musical episode was jumping the shark, and um, you know, obviously you and I will discuss that, but I think they need to be a little bit more careful with Kirk. That's three episodes he's in this season. And I, again, I said yeah. this last week, I know it's Strange New Worlds, not, you know, Captain Pike, but um, they need to trust that Pike's a good enough captain and that the, the team is good enough. We don't need to rush Kirk. I think it's too much. Yeah, I 100% agree. I 100% agree. So, you know, Una and Lon are are in the transporter room to receive Kirk. And, and you know, Lon's really nervous, and Una picks up on that energy. 
And uh, it's it's a great scene. <laughs> Lieutenant Kirk, welcome back to the Enterprise. Mm. Thank you, Commander. Good to see you again, Lon. You still owe me that drink, if I'm not mistaken. You know each other? It's a great scene because because Laan, you know, she's nervous. I don't feel like she overacted it, uh, but she was obvious. The character was obviously obvious about her feelings. But the moment where she goes, "I'll take you with me," and she goes the wrong way. It's such a wonderfully subtle moment, underplayed, and I thought it was a really great example of, of how nervous she can really be. Yeah, I, I think uh, the actress played it very, very well because um, yeah, the thing about it is she's so hard-edged, and so to see her flustered, it's not a, it's not hard to take it up a notch to be flustered. So I, th- I thought yeah. she did a good job, job yeah. doing, you know, exhibiting those emotions and and feelings of uncertainty and so Kirk you know beams aboard and he reminds reminds uh, Laon that they were supposed to have a drink there's this drink that they're supposed to have and it's yeah. been hanging over like two episodes already yeah and 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 Una sees it so now she's she's clued in you know because women always sense everything and I'm thinking to myself boy you know Kirk doesn't know about the alternate timeline but he's really flirting here now that's a James T. Kirk uh, staple to flirt. So yes. I, th- I think it's right in line. I think he's, you know, he may be interested. He may not. We don't know. But he's exactly because she's <laughs> there and she's and he senses her nervousness. He, I think he's playing with her a little bit. I really do. Yeah. And I was like, OK, these two are getting together by the end of the show. I just yeah, I, that, that's <laughs> what I thought at this point. I was like, OK, it's episode, it's. You know, <laughs> the Trinity here. <laughs> One, two, there'll three. Be a, there'll be a musical lovemaking scene or something. Who knows? You got it. I knew it. <gasps> what will I do without you? Three months. Oh, my God. Not the only one who's going to miss her. Oh, I have to talk to Spock. And, you know, next we go back to Nurse Chapel. She's with some of her crewmates, and she's nervous about, you know, whether or not she's going to be accepted to this fellowship. Um, but she hasn't addressed Spock. So, again, I'm trying to figure out why. Um, I, I, I'm perplexed here. Like I said before, she's chasing him all season one, or at least pining for him. Um, they did have a wall kind of up against them, or she put up the wall last week. Um, but why? Yeah, and, and Spock was a yeah. bit dejected. And I just don't understand why. Why go through all this effort? You got him. You pulled him away from his betrothed. Well, I, that, that's another thing. Did she pull him away or were there problems and she happened to be there in the residual? You know, what's the truth of that? Is she is. Yeah, true. It's could a little she be ambiguous. A is she that kind of person? I don't see it because she seems so vulnerable. But she dude, she also fought no, in a war no. and like is really battle hardened. Maybe there's something about her we don't yeah, know. That's true. That's true. Um, so. <laughs> now we get to the singing. So that shockwave, you know, ripped through the ship and everything. And so, you know, Pike, you know, wants to know, you know, what what hit him, you know, and um, <laughs> and all of a sudden Spock breaks into song. The intermix chamber and containment field are stable. Where's that music coming from? Not from anywhere on the ship. I was surprised by how... Uh, subtle the beginning was I thought that was smart um, and I think the best thing about this which um, was the theme throughout the, the the episode was they didn't just sing for singing sake they're like wait a second why am I singing what's going on it's as if you know another episode where there where a virus attacks the crew 
this is a singing virus <laughs> that they have to fix. Good point. That was a really good analogy. And this is why it was able to go down smooth for me. Um, because had they done it in typical musical fashion, I would have turned it off. Agreed 100%. I think the fact that it there was a meta perspective around them being affected by the song. And again, either way, I would have really been intrigued because I'm such a fan of musicals. Um, but yeah, they really did service to those of us who may not have accepted this because it was just another thing that was affecting them. It just happened to be <laughs> music. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It was very smart on yeah. their part because, if, like I said before, they would have, because a lot of people, you know, I've been reading the threads and, you know, um, a lot of people just weren't going to be accepting yeah. of this. So this was the, the best possible way that they can which, introduce which this. Which to and me is so, a little surprising because the people that love Star Trek are, I think, open-minded uh, well-rounded, well-versed people who probably love other forms of entertainment like musicals. They probably were Buffy fans, and Buffy did this, like I mentioned before. And uh, what else was I going to say? Not just Buffy, but... Oh, and Glee. They pro- There's probably some Glee fans out there, too. And I would think maybe their trepidation was it's not going to be a good enough musical like you know glee you expect it to be great and all of that it, not the fact that it was a musical but that it that it wouldn't do service to the notion of a musical does that make sense oh 100 100 so uh so we go into the show open and of course they have that one. Oh my god dude <laughs> being sang and i thought that was actually i thought that was a nice touch it was hearkening back to tos well, Oh, exactly. Absolutely. And and I don't know who that was. I don't know if it was Pentatonix or whoever it was, but I know that Jeff Russo um, conducted that session and it must have been a thrill for him to see these 12 or 13 uh, singers uh, sing this version. And it was purely acapella. There was no instruments. And I just found that to be yeah, it was great. Stunning. Bum, 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 Absolutely. Bum, 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 yeah. So uh, a tip of the hat Absolutely to that. So great. I was like, okay. I said, okay. In, in the way that they did their crossover episode, they made an animation, yeah. they did this open with music. And I thought that was a nice touch. Um, so everyone's in the ready room. In the ready yeah. room and they're like, so that happened. So that happened. Reports of musical outbreaks have come in from every deck. Honestly, I assumed it was something you had all rehearsed, but I sang too. So did I. And I do not sing. That was a trip. Everybody's like, hey, what? <laughs> Just slapped us across the, face, across the face. And so the hypothesis, hypothesis is, is that, that somehow that their experiment on the, uh, the space fold opened up this... this um, probability feel where the reality is singing it's a musical and um and so as every time the ship tries to escape it it makes the area bigger the reason i love star trek so much one of the reasons is because every so often something needs to be explained and it's usually either explained visually or just explained i love it when things are explained and when um pelia explains that it's like a zipper that's opening and the enterprise is opening the zipper and they're showing I don't know. I love that kind of stuff. It just made perfect sense to me. And it does such service to people who love that kind of detail. Um, I, I was thrilled and I totally got 
what would they, what they were doing is they travel along, they're ripping it open, and it's causing more musicals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my gosh, that's a trip. You and Nurse Chapel have become close, haven't you? I suppose it would be accurate to say that we are more than colleagues. Of late, our communication has faced challenges. So, uh, in a rare moment, um, in Spock and Uhur trying to figure things out, and they're continuing to work on this this probability field. Yeah. You know, Spock reveals to Uhura that there's uncertainty about the relationship between uh, he and his chapel. And, you know, Spock's really hurt by this. You know what's interesting about He's this? He's vulnerable. It, yeah, and, you know, I, I think back to last week's episode uh, with uh, Boimler, who's like, this isn't the Spock I know. And I'm thinking to myself, do events in his early life, like maybe Chapel dumping him, uh lead him to be colder is he a full vulcan not because he's a vulcan but because he's been hurt wouldn't that be an interesting aspect to this spock oh 100 i mean um i've been thinking along the same lines is like what kind of impact does his relationship with chapel have on him in the future and as we know their relationship in tos because there's still that t- there was still that tension there yeah, and me. not only that, by the way, <laughs> yeah, and if you notice, the person that accepts her to the fellowship that she's going to be studying with is Roger Corby. So from the original series, um, she's the one in the Nurse Chapel episode, when they go back and find him on the planet, that she had had a relationship with him. I hope do you remember that, that episode? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I hope that they're trying. they're tying all those things together. I would assume they are. Well, and that would mean that at some point, perhaps, Jess Bush leaves the show, which I would hate to see, but it would make sense for her character because I, other than fighting in these wars with Mbenga, she doesn't have a lot to do, and it would make sense to have her go off and have this life. I'd hate to see her go, though. And maybe that happens in the three months while she's off the ship. And, you know, yeah, that would be great. Like with and pull it in flashbacks. To... Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. That would that, be great. Yeah, that, that could work. Totally great. Yeah, yeah, it would be a great setup to TOS. All right, so everyone's working in teams, and Una and James Kirk are working together, and uh, James brings up the point that his brother Sam thinks that Una is a good model of a first officer because that's what he is on the Farragut. He's just recently been promoted. And uh, about, you know, being a good leader means keeping social distance. You know, there are different styles of leadership, you know, and I've worked in in television for so many years and, you know, and you've worked worked in television, you've worked in corporate, and some people follow the model of, I'm I'm the leader, but I'm with you, I'm one of you, and other leaders take on the... You know, I'm the leader. I need to divorce myself from all my underlings and not get close because I may have to fire him one day. Uh, um, Pike is definitely the come on to my cabin and I'll cook for you kind of guy. Exactly. Um, Exactly. And I think Una does keep a distance because of her past and her sense of duty. And that, you know, look, people die on duty and getting close to them can be hard, too. And I think that's her position. Right, right. And it's not an illegitimate feeling and an illegitimate approach. Me personally, I'm the more Pike, Pike-esque with Una underpinnings because I'll snap back real quick. But I establish those things up front so people know, listen, when it's business time, it's business time. You know, outside of that, we're we're cool. You know, and I'm with you as a leader. 
Um, yeah. uh, but you know, some people can't navigate navigate that. And but Una tells uh, Jim Kirk that she's you know changing her thinking on that and launches into song. <laughs> I will save my criticism, if there is some, of the actual musical for after this episode because I have some. Uh, but let's just let's just break it down to what she's saying. Let's focus on that. And I think, you know, coming from a position of you need to connect with your crew, and she is taking this leadership mentor role for Kirk. The song plays perfectly because that's exactly what she's discovering on her own and what a great way to lead someone else toward that than to show them what she's learned i i thought it was appropriate and poignant uh yes and you know you know and people are surprising me with uh their ability to sing there was some auto-tuning going on but uh <laughs> of course <laughs> if i was acting yeah, on that show not all of them i mean in benga and benga doesn't sing for a reason i'm telling you right now <laughs> yeah, that was me on the show and i had to sing they would have to bring in t-pain uh oh my God. <laughs> the king of auto-tune oh my God. <laughs> yeah i love t-pain <laughs> yeah so um it, it it brought her point across and as they're singing and dancing laon sees them in the corridor and it makes her feel a She's certain kind of way full stalker at that point like she's this is listen as far as i'm concerned <clears throat> and i'm not giving anything away this is laan and ohura's episode because the two of them give us the most feelings throughout well actually maybe spock too oh yeah <laughs> uh, i think the it's three all three of them yeah the three of them are, are are experiencing this pain and this distance and this longing and that's exactly what this music needed to represent was we're on this ship alone. This is hard. And that's where that music comes from. Yeah. And so she sees it and oh my God, the feelings, the feelings, the feelings, you know, she, it's hard for her. My God. Oh yeah. And so it's, it's in the way that Una's changing, La'an is changing. And yes. the experience with Kirk in the alt timeline is, you know, broke her down in a way and so she's singing about being vulnerable I want to let go be vulnerable who am I kidding I've never met that side of me and she's doing it in her uh, cabin and the direction here and forgive me I, I, I don't recognize this director uh, I've not heard of him before but he's doing a lot of wonderful Disney-esque pull-aways with the camera. And at one point he pulls away through the windows and, you know, shows the outside of the ship as she's singing. And it, it to me, it, it, it makes it feel like a prison. I, I think it was really brilliantly done that it's such a small space that she's in as she's singing about this. Uh, yep. And then, and then she envisions, yeah, as she's singing the life she could have. And it was with Kurt. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and and this is this is something we would not get in a regular episode in this way, the vulnerability, the honesty, and that's what this music is doing. Is it's really bringing out their true feelings? And at this point, I'm saying this is working. This is actually working as an episode. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, I was com you know completely against this, completely against it. <laughs> I know, but, but the way. They brought this in, which we discussed earlier, was the fact that they mm. 
it's something that is happening to them. Right. It's the symptom uh, yes. of, of, of an infection in a way. And so yeah. that helped me come off of what are you doing strange new worlds yeah. <laughs> you're gonna tank this right now <laughs> you know so, <laughs> so at, at episode nine yeah, episode nine right before the 10. finale boom yeah, <laughs> you know right maybe so that's that, why you know, they did it at nine and not three because they didn't want to turn people off the whole season exactly this uh, is floating around where the elysian no 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 it's not the elysian king i forgot the the, the king episode that they did that was fantasy last year oh, yeah. that i did, I did yeah. not like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, um, so yeah. So we uh, the good the great thing is that we're seeing in this evolution of Laan, and and that I have really appreciated across this season because they really explored it. And what we're finding out about Christine Chong is she's not only, in my opinion, an extremely talented actor; she's a very good singer. Yes. Yes. I mean, I... this woman is highly talented. She's after this show, she's going places. Yeah, I'm crushing on her. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I, I got I got Chapel. You got Lon. We're good. All right, all good. <laughs> when people sing, they are confessing highly personal, emotional information. Lieutenant, are you telling me our emotions constitute a security threat? I am. So uh, Laon is with Pike in the turbo lift, and she makes a very good observation. She's like, "Now wait a minute," she said. Uh, Pike, people are singing things and revealing yeah. things about themselves yeah. that could pose a, a security threat. And when you're you're because this is all about emotion, yeah. that's leaving people wide open. And it's like, <laughs> you know, when you, you know what that go ahead. No, you were finishing. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no, no! I was just saying when you know when you're emo when you have a lot of emotions, you tend to in high in a highly emotional state. What happens? You say shit that you either don't mean or you shouldn't say. Exactly. Exactly. Because well, haven't you know we what all this done remind- it? Yeah, of course. I did it two days ago. You know what uh, <laughs> this reminds me of is the perils of social media. Is you put something out there, it's out there. And it can be used against you. It can be stolen. It can be uh, bastardized, whatever you want to call it. Um, so that's kind of, I thought that was an interesting uh, allegory there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, oh, my gosh, how many people said things on social media when they were in a heightened sense of emotion and the key, they went keyboard warring and uh, you can't bring it back. Nope. So, I mean, I have a 14 year old daughter that just learned this lesson last week. She put something out there that was stupid. I had to, you know, sit her down and explain to her this is forever now. So congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Restraint, restraint, restraint. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, a moment of pause. Yeah. Chris. You always do this. You always run away. Oh, sure, I see. Lay all the blame on me. What am I saying to you in front of my crew? So it it just perfectly teed up what happens next. It's so good because (laughs) first... In trying to solve this issue, Spock and Uhura cause yet another shockwave. And what this does is it spreads out the virus or whatever this is to other ships. And we don't really see it until we're on the bridge. And Pike and uh, Captain Patel, who we find out her first name is Marie. That's the first time I think we've heard her name. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. She, you know, opens a channel and she's like, what the hell's going on here? And they start to talk about it. But because the two of them have this history and this these emotions and the frustration of not being able to go on a vacation together, that heightened emotion causes them to start singing. And the entire bridge crew is just like, what's going on? Oh, she's going at him. You always do yep. this. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Law quickly ends the communication. You know, Dude, that was the best part because she she knows what's going on. She sat there and sang a whole thing to herself. She knows what's happening. She's told Pike this is dangerous and a security threat. And she walks over and mid-fight, she just turns off. I loved that. I think that was one of my favorite moments in this episode was just her walking over and going, all right, I'll be the adult in the room. Boom. <laughs> exactly. The, you, you, oh, that was the perfect characterization of that. She was the adult yeah. in the room. All right, everybody, shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Shut, the, shut up. Yep, and that was good. So uh, so everybody's meeting again, and there is this kind of like uh, who gives her you know, this really great theory as to why everyone's yeah. singing. It's it's about the high emotions. And this we find out this 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 field is spreading. It's, it's really, <laughs> it's affecting everyone. Any idea why this reality is compelling us to confess our deepest emotions? I have a theory. I think since we're in a musical reality, we're actually following the rules of musical. And and it's interesting, too, because this, this to me, does well what I don't like about the scary movie franchise. In scary movie, they're always like, oh, in a terror movie, this happens. And that, you know, they're always kind of meta talking. Yeah. And then the same things that they talk about happen. I I can't stand scary. My daughters love it. I can't stand it. But in this case, they're kind of doing the same thing. But it's not out of thrill. It's like out of they're diagnosing the problem and they're saying, hey, when we sing because of this virus or whatever, emotions are heightened. It's because of that. And that's what the problem is uh, within this kind of musical reality. And, and it's following the rules of musicals, which I thought was okay to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was totally fine. I mean, you it, it was just reinforcing why we're doing this, <laughs> why this episode is playing out the way it is. And so you have to remind the audience again, you know, uh, this is why it's happening. And I, there was one good joke in there. Um, Una was saying that she spoke with Admiral April and uh, he said, yes. we need to end this. And she said, in a lovely baritone voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. that was so I funny. would have liked to have seen that. I would have loved to see April be like, what the hell is going on? You know, like yeah. That. I'm I thought sure that, he has a nice voice. I just busted out laughing because whoever wrote that that line was a re, it was a really good quip. I just thought it was cool. There was a lot of Easter eggs in this one. Some some of them I've forgotten. Like I was watching, it, I'm like, oh, that's an Easter egg. I didn't write it down because it was just so good. But yeah, there's a lot of great references to things in this. Yep. And so um, Laon and Kirk uh, finally have their moment of truth. Um, you know, she's opening up to him <laughs> the other you he um he saw the real me and i i liked it i liked the way he looked at me and i'm thinking wait a second time lady said don't do this right and time she's lady. like screw it i'm doing it <laughs> Time lady said no. Hall time lady time said. Lady, time lady said zip no. Zip your lip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she did not. 
And I, I, I was seriously wondering why. I know it's because Una's like, you know, express your love and tell the truth and blah, 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 blah. But she just says everything. Yeah. And, and he just, of course, and he's a Star Trek character. So he's like, yeah, of course you went into an alternate timeline. He doesn't even question it. Well, yeah, because everybody's talked about these things. I think it's kind of like, uh, I think people know that that yeah. there have been in time incursions. So, and that, that has caused Starfleet to break down, I guess, lay down their foot on rules about how to engage, you mm. know, um, rules of engagement, basically, when it comes to mm-hmm. that. But, yeah. you know, the one thing I, I did, I did like this moment because she, you know, expressed to Kirk that, you know, she, that he saw her in a way that nobody yeah. else has. Because, of course, everybody sees her as Khan's, you know, relative, descendant. Yeah, 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 descendant. Yeah, and and this is something that never really landed for me until she said that. I mean, she's always been a tough character. She's, And I know her story. I know that she's a Khan. We all know that. But until she said, you saw me differently, it finally clicked for me. Oh, that's why she's a security officer. That's why she struggles. That's why she's in pain. That's why she pushes people away. It all just kind of clicked for me. And I don't know why it didn't click before, but it really landed. Yep. Then she drops the bomb and, <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> I, I have a connection. Oh. I, I really like you, basically, sending that vibe and say, hey, we should get together. And they're kind of like, you know, they brought it all the way up to the moment and then Kirk dropped the bomb. I'd be lying if I said I didn't feel the connection to, but I'm in a relationship. Oh, my God. I'm in a relationship. And he's like, yeah, so about that. Uh, number one. <laughs> Totally feel the same way. I wouldn't have done all this. And this is where I start to get pissed at him because he was flirting with her. Yes. Right? And you, and you think he likes her, but he's like, yeah, my life's complicated. And uh, uh, Carol, my girlfriend, my on and off girlfriend, we're like, okay, Carol Marcus. Um, right now we're on again. And, oh, yeah, she's prego. Bum, 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 what was that on a... Uh, wow. uh, um, uh, Price is Right. Boom, boom, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> yeah, the the Price is Wrong for Laon. I mean, but but again, this is canon. It's Carol Marcus. It's David Marcus. Uh, we know that Carol raises David on his own, on her own rather. So all of this tracks. Yeah, yeah, they fed it. They fed it right, and I was like, okay, all right, great. Now, can we not have Kirk on anymore? Uh, <laughs> you've served At your purpose. At least not now. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, all right. You, thank you. I mean, it's I love Paul Wesley. I, he really grew on me very quickly. Oh, yeah, 100%. That, 100%. That episode three was great, but it's like, okay, yeah, he's got to go, you know, do what yep. he's got to do. This is General Garkog of the Imperial Klingon Defense Force. We have located the abominable source of our dishonor and will destroy it immediately. So then they get a message from the Klingons. They're they're approaching oh because <laughs> they found the source of their dishonor. And I just busted yeah. out laughing. I just thought that was so decum funny. Because you know what their dishonor oh, was. <laughs> they say. Oh yeah, because they're singing. They're they're Broadway they're style. It's a musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh here's a surprise that you may or not no, do you know who that Klingon was? Oh, I I didn't at the time. That was Bruce Horak. That was Hammer. Yep. Yeah. And and I didn't know it either until I saw the credits and and went and, and read some of the notes and I was like, 
oh my God, I wish to God I had known that. He was fantastic. Yeah, after the fact, then I heard his voice. And I was like, ah, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I didn't get it from the voice. I, I just had to, I just wanted to see who played him because he's so funny in the end. But yep, it yep. was great. Yeah, it was We're great. Destroy this. <laughs> yeah, but just, you know, anytime they're going to go uh, bring a sledgehammer to a situation that needs a needle point, right. uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, okay, it's going to be, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. And so um, we jumped to chapel and she's singing yeah. about her fellowship and Spock had, you know, co- you know, at, at um, Ahura's urging when to say, go talk to her. And yeah. the, you know. The song, to, first before what happened, I, the song, it, it sounded very Amy Winehouse. This news really changes everything. A distant dream becoming real. Well, and this, this is one of the criticisms I have of this musical. I'll get into it a little bit more a little bit later. But this was the only song that seemed to depart from the genre that they were just pushing throughout the entire episode, which was a singular genre Disney style uh, musical. Um, this was the only really original different type of song. And that's why I, it's my top, one of my top two favorite songs in the show. Cause it was so jazzy. And so, and it really, and, and it needed to be to fit uh, Chapel's feelings. But dude, it was so cruel. She's like, bye, Spock. I'm doing this. This is my chance. It was a little harsh. Yeah, and, and once again, Spock walks off like David Banner. <laughs> With his bag over his shoulder <laughs> thumbing a ride. <laughs> and inside, um, no, he's, he's yeah. containing Dude. the Hulk, his emotions. <laughs> exactly. But and, and but what he what we see there is what we were seeing from La'an. And kind of what we were seeing with, we'll see later with Ahura, is just this welling of loneliness that I think those three characters have that we, that this musical needed to bring out so we could really see what's going on with them. Um, I felt terrible for him. I, I was yes. like, this is, she's like, she's kicking him right in the green balls. Yep, yep. And I, I just really feel bad for him. And um, he ended up singing later about being the ex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting song. Yep, yep. Yeah. So then uh, we jump back to Ahura. She's continuing to work, and she's looking at all the calculations and all the formulas and all this yeah. kind of thing. And, and she's singing about, you know, connection. Uh, and how Himmer changed her life. Ironically, Himmer was there in Klingon form, but um, she's singing about that. And in in like a moment from the Good Doctor, she sees it. She sees everything, you know. And if you're a Good Doctor watcher, you know that he, as he thinks, he sees formulas yes. and things and ways and diagrams in the in midair. And so um, that happened to Ahura. You know uh, what I loved about this scene uh, was that this is the bookend to how we open the show with her being the communications officer. Comms are down. She's connecting everybody via, you know, uh, an old look at uh, what an old-time television or telephone operator might look like. But more importantly, one, it shows off Celia Rose Gooding's incredible voice, which I was blown. She is a Tony winner. Oh, my God. Amazing. 
but another thing that I loved, and Sean Farrick, who does Trek Culture online, pointed this out. Um, <clears throat> whereas before we saw La'an kind of in her little cage behind the windows, Celia's singing this in the uh, engineering section, which is wide and it's open and it's it allows for her voice to boom. And it really gives us this sense of that that she's not trapped. She's got this wide open world and... Um, I thought that that just worked absolutely perfectly, especially as the bookend to, wait a second, actually, the connection is me. She lost her parents. She's lonely. She starts this, she starts Star Trek Strange New Worlds a season and a half ago saying, I don't know if this is for me. And she pisses everybody off. And now she's like, wait a second, I'm the key. And I I found that to be emotional. This was my favorite song of the episode. Episode. All right, all right. So she figures it out. Um, everyone needs to sing to a certain level so that the probability probability field will will shatter. So that leads the her leading the entire crew to singing. So here we go. We're marching towards our grand finale <laughs> of everyone singing. It's high school musical aboard the Enterprise. And they call her the voice of the Enterprise, which I found to be just, I, I got the chills. Um, I didn't expect to, because I, I was afraid the whole time this is going to be formulaic, it's silly, it's a, and I'm like, by the time we get to this, I was like really all in. I was all in. I was all in. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, 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 you if, if that moment didn't pull you in, it was when the Klingons. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> Oh, that was to me. That was the one of the best moments. I, I acknowledge all the moments you said because they were they were just yeah. correct. But it what put the cherry on top was the Deckham Klingons. The Klingons with their auto-tune, hip-hop-ish. Spinning around. Um, again, I'll, I'll reference Sean Farrick at Trek Culture. Um, he said he called them Kling-pop. Uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's it good. was fantastic. Oh, my goodness. It was so... It was, I, I just... At that point... No, it just... It was so great because they, they came to destroy this thing, and then they're dancing and singing. It was just... It was just such a middle finger yep. to them, and I, I, I just loved it so much. Yeah, and even in their lyrics, they were talking about destroying them at the same exactly. time. Exactly, but it was it was it was really really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so mission accomplished. They hit their mark. Yeah. the the property feel, the probability field shatters, yeah. and uh, there was a moment where Spock because everybody's on the bridge yeah. and Spock and Chapel exchange looks, but they don't address their issues. No. They just kind of walk off. I think so. I think the Chapel has decided to leave him behind and go pursue her dreams. I don't necessarily know why right now, but maybe I, I don't think it's unselfish. I don't think it's an unselfish thing to say, hey, you you become this unemotional person. But remember, she was informed by Boimler that he's not the Spock that history tells. And maybe she's doing this to let him go become the Spock of history. Oh, uh, yeah. I just thanks for bringing that back up. I totally forgot about that. Uh, Boimler got in her head. I think so. I do. I, I I think it's all connected. Yep, completely. And and that sucks because I think you know, were she to stay on the Enterprise and not be accepted, 
she'd have to deal with her feelings. But now that she's got this out and it's something she really wants, it's a no-brainer. It's like, okay, I'm moving on. It's cruel, but it creates the Spock of the future, and yep. it makes sense. I told Kurt the truth. How'd it go? Honestly? Not great. Sorry, Kurt. It was really hard. So we we catch back up with Laan and Una, and they're talking. And Una asks, "Did you did you talk to Kirk?" And she said, "Yeah." And and it, and it hurt, but she realizes she needs to open up more often. And maybe maybe we'll see the softening of Laan as time well, goes we'll on. We'll see. It's an interesting conclusion on her part. She's been a con her whole life. She's got a chip, which is an anger chip on her shoulder. She's. She's disturbed by her name. She doesn't feel anyone gets her. She opens up and gets hurt and then decides, well, maybe I should open up more often. That's not the conclusion I would have come to if I were her. I would have been like, see, I can't open up. That's how I would have taken it um, if I were in her position. So that was curious to me. Uh, Was it because uh, Una also helped her come to this conclusion? It didn't track for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you feel that way? Like, what's your thing? No, I mean, I, 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 like I said, I'm kind of caught up in her evolution, so maybe I'm, I have blinders on, but I, I thought... It's, it just seemed a little too soon to me. Like, that's a very odd conclusion to come to when you've been hurt your whole life, you stay away from people, you fall in love, and the guy's got somebody else pregnant, and your response is, I should try this more often. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it was a release. It was a release. And remember, maybe. she's been on this little she's been on this journey since the beginning of the season with the alt timeline and she's, you know, bumped into him again. You know, yeah. and so I mean it, it it wasn't a hard right turn for me. So I will take it. Okay. Alright. Yep. Okay. Yep. Alright. <laughs> so okay. uh Patel and uh, Captain Patel and and Pike you know, have their words, and she's just like, hey, if you don't want to go on that vacation, just freaking tell me, you know? And And she says at the same time, by the way, I don't want to go camping unless, you know, it's indoors. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) So there's that, their ongoing relationship. But, um, you know, it basically ends on the bridge, and, you know, Pike asks Una to send a message to all ships to warn them about this thing so we don't start it all over again. And <laughs> and as Ahura goes to do her work, she hums. And she does this a lot. She's it's, it's part of who she is, and everybody yes. freezes like, yeah. uh, oh, crap, are we still in it? And, and she's then, like, My bad. sorry, earworm, which I thought was adorable. <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was cool. So for me... I um, I went in kicking and screaming. They drugged me over hot coals and ash, yeah. and um, I came out standing on my feet, going, "Okay, all right." There were some great moments in there. I'll hail the Klingons. <laughs> For me, I was excited about this. What I consider to be a departure episode. I feel like every season of every show I've ever watched has one departure episode where they go off somewhere else. This is it for me. Um, So I was excited about it, but I was disappointed in the people they chose to write these songs. I felt the the lyrics were way on the nose. Like when Ortegas is like, I'm the pilot, I steer the ship. And I'm like, yeah, we know that. Is that all they're going to give her? Like she had nothing to do with this and she could have really been a standout. Um, so I was, I would have loved it if Lin-Manuel Miranda came in and wrote it or, you know, proven Broadway writers. These are people that were part of a band 
uh, that I didn't even know about. Um, and I just felt it was just too on the nose and too much in one genre. If every song was different, had different genre, you know, jazz and punk and funk and blues and rock, I think I would have been much more impressed. So for taking the attempt, I give them an A. And for execution, I got to give them like a B minus. It's just <laughs> maybe a C plus. I just, I just did not appreciate the lack of quality lyrics that they really, you know, it just wasn't clever for me. And I think Broadway musicals, the reason they're written, you have to be clever. And I just, did, I don't think it was clever. So that, that was it. I hear you. I hear you as the, as Your the thoughts? consummate uh, uh, musical connoisseur on the team. Um, I hear you. I hear you. I, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, and, and and the one thing that I definitely agree with you is I wish they could have afforded Lin Manuel because it would have been a different kind of thing. But they couldn't afford it. No. Way. Well, here's the thing: if he were a Trek fan, he would have done it for free. Um, if I had his talent, I would have done it for free. Um, but I mean, why not grab? I don't know. There's got to be somebody else that understands that musicals aren't just writing songs and writing lyrics that are so on the nose. Um, anyway, yeah. So I, I, it didn't turn me off completely. Of course, it never would have. Uh, it didn't jump the shark for me. I thought I thought taking this step and trying this and actually doing it, I think they pulled it off. I think I, we didn't lose any fans. It didn't ruin their reputation. I thought overall the execution was was great and it was an enjoyable episode. Right on, right on. Well, everyone, that concludes this episode of Energize, a Strange New Worlds podcast. Next week, next week is the season finale. Ooh. So um, I'm oh. sure we're going to go out with a bang. Um, and I, the word on the street is that it's going to be our foe from last season the gourd yeah. i think it is yeah because uh Battelle mentioned that she's headed off to this planet and i think that's where the gorn is and we might even i know they don't take prisoners but we might see some kind of issue where Battelle needs to be saved and that might be even a cliffhanger um which i think would be great oh i'm down for that program coolness yep so check out our website. It's uh, www.energizepodcastswithans.com. And oh, uh, one more thing. My audiobook of The Deletion drops this week. So everybody run to Audible. Uh, we're going to be launching a free giveaway on August, I think, 9th. So if you hear this by August 9th, jump onto Amazon, get your free copy of my audiobook of The Deletion. All right, wonderful. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony McLemore. I'm Steve Truitt. Live long and prosper. <laughs>